seems like every time we read a newspaper or watch a news source, we see evidence of declining morality. The Western world is quickly becoming immoral, and it seems like there is no way for it to ever recover. What do the scriptures have to say about declining morality in the Western world? What is the answer to this problem? Now for our host, Bill Petrie. It is hard not to be utterly dismayed by the lack of basic morality in society today. It is a crisis within the lives of individuals, in groups, organizations, and in institutions. And at the very highest levels of leadership, it is challenging to find men and women of unassailable moral character, not sinlessness, but basic integrity. Even making this observation runs the risk of drawing ridicule from those who think morality is a quaint notion of a bygone era, or worse, a rigid and repressive self-righteousness almost always hypocritical. Yet, morality is one of the most essential and highest human characteristics. The belief that there is a difference between right and wrong, between ought and ought not, or between good, better, and best, is the only thing stopping us from destroying each other. If there is no distinction between what is moral and what is immoral, then there is no fundamental difference between nurturing your child and abusing your child. There is no reason not to rob your sibling. There is nothing holding us back from spitting out one lie after another to manipulate, deceive, or dominate each other. The late C.S. Lewis said, and I'm quoting, the sense of morality and humanity, uneven though it is, may be the strongest proof for the existence of God. There just is no reason men and women would have any sense of ought and ought not unless there was a creator whose essential character is moral. End of quote. We are naturally disappointed when long standing Christians or even leaders in any church group are exposed in scandals of gross immorality. We ought to be disappointed when leaders relinquish their moral standards to support someone on their side, who is guilty of scandal. We should ask, how can this be? How can things get so twisted? What hope is there for any of us who have integrity? We might be tempted to think 
that if individuals knew the texts of the Bible better, such things would not happen. But biblical illiteracy is not the core problem here. Most people with any Christian background know the scriptures prohibit adultery, thievery, lying, stealing, and murder. Yet that knowledge does not prevent moral failure. Living the Bible means being able to hold to standards of basic morality and ethics. But this shaping of character happens over a lifetime and through many processes. The Apostle Paul describes one person of notable character, the young Timothy, when he wrote to him in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 14 through 17. Paul writes, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word inspiration means to be breathed out. So the core idea is this. The sacred writings can make us wise for the rescue and preservation of our lives. Faith in Christ Jesus is the power. The process takes a lifetime. For Timothy, it was from childhood, but it can begin at any time. The truth of Scripture is taught by people who are living it themselves. For Timothy, it was his grandmother and mother, according to First Timothy, or I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter one, verse five. Living the Bible means to continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. In other words, a lifetime commitment based on an informed and firm faith. But scripture means nothing if it is not rightly divided. Satan quotes scripture. A failure to rightly divide it will ultimately produce religious but lost individuals, much like the Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' day. Today, we must look to the author in Scripture who writes to the body of Christ in this dispensation of the grace of God. That apostle is the Apostle Paul. 
Paul is specific in how the scriptures shape a life. The word of God, inspired, literally breathed out by God himself, is not merely a human book. And it is profitable, according to 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17, it is profitable in four ways. First, for teaching, so that scripture shows us what is true. Second, for reproof, so that it can convict us when we fall short, which is a merciful thing, not cruel. Third, for correction, meaning that the scripture can show us how to recover when we are in error. And fourth, for training in righteousness, which simply means gaining the skills and patterns that keep us in a right relationship with God. And all of this leads to moral character. When we come under the teaching, reproof, correction, and training of scripture as a lifestyle, we will be shaped by it. And along the way, we experience suffering in its many forms. And that too shapes character, driving us back to the very God-breathed words given to the Apostle Paul. But what happens to a society that fails to live the Bible rightly divided? What are some biblical specifics about the nation and the world's declining morality? We are fortunate that Scripture tells us in vivid detail what these specifics are and what the ramification is for a society. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, the following, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Now notice what the Apostle Paul says here. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That means that all of Scripture is written for our learning. Sometimes we will find examples of how to live a specific way. Sometimes we will see how God feels about a certain topic. Sometimes we can look at how God dealt with individuals in a certain situation. The nation of Israel, in the former dispensation of law, under the authority of Moses, had many prophets. One of those prophets was the prophet Micah. Micah has much to say about the fall and decline of morality 
in a society. There is an old saying that he who forgets history is doomed to repeat history. It behooves us to understand the warnings Micah gave to his nation, Israel, as the root causes of her fall, and those root causes can be true in any society, including ours. National moral decline happens when God is neglected. Micah lists five different kinds of relationship that are affected by a nation's refusal to follow God, and they are shockingly close to what we see in society today. It is almost as if Micah the prophet is a contemporary of ours, and he sits with us to watch the nightly news and watch social media. It is as if he has seen the latest movies churned out at an increasingly horrifying rate by an immoral Hollywood. Each generation Each generation is exposed to more and more of the raw brutality, illicit sex, and escalating violence in movies, video games, and sports. We are desensitizing our minds to the point that we do not blush anymore. We do not turn away from violent scenes like we used to, and our children are being exposed to sexual immorality at a younger and younger age as the TV ratings change. What used to be PG or PG-13 was rated R about 10 to 15 years ago. Some words you could not say on TV are now randomly said as if they are part of the natural conversation. And the only time God's name is mentioned is when it is blasphemed or used as a joke. It is like we are the proverbial frog in the pot, not knowing he is slowly cooking to death. The change is so gradual that most people do not notice it. But when you look at movies and the media, from 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, and compare them, you will see there is an obvious, obvious stark contrast. Today, we celebrate moral depravity by giving it parades, and we give it a name to brag about, and we call it a celebration of pride. We steal Christian emblems like the rainbow and twist them to promote sexual perversions that God condemns everywhere in Scripture. And as a society, we embrace it. We celebrate it. Micah tells us the first thing that happens in such a society is that godly influence disappears. Micah chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 state, Woe is me, 
For I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned, there is no cluster to eat, no first ripe fruit fig that my soul desires. The godly has perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. Micah indicates one of the first signs of a nation's moral decline is that God has been pushed out of it. He is pushed out of the government. He is pushed out of the public square. He is pushed out of the public schools. And he is pushed out of our mind. The law to protect religious freedom that was intended to keep the government out of the church has been twisted into keeping the church out of the government or the public square or any place else. It is just as if Paul wrote the words of Romans 3.18 today. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Micah is using the analogy of the harvest to show a declining godly influence in the nation of Israel at that time. Second, Micah speaks of escalating violence. Micah 7.3 tells us, Their hands are on what is evil, to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. Think about that first opening line. Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. An indicator of a declining national morality is the escalation of violence. How many school shootings or mass shootings do the airwaves get filled with? How many crimes do you hear each and every day you listen to the news? And the worst thing, people do not turn away from violence anymore, but rather they promote it. They want to see it. They want to see it in movies. They want to see it on television. They want to see it on the internet. And they want video games so that they can feel as if they are participating in that violence. And it is in our music being promoted. Violence is celebrated and condoned in ways that just a decade or two ago would never have been allowed. Jesus said that as in the days of Noah, so it would be in the days leading up to Jesus' return in Matthew 24, 37. But what were those days like? It says in Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, 
for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Third, we see business and political corruption. Micah goes on to state in Micah chapter 7, verses 3 and 4, Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul, and thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright of them a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman, of your punishment, has come. Now their confusion is at hand. You do not have to watch the news every day to see that political and business corruption has grown. The good old boy system has the same people sitting in power year after year, sometimes spending their entire lives in Congress or Parliament. With no term limits, the politicians have few limitations. Their personal pork barrel projects assure that they get reelected year after year while overspending without discretion, creating runaway inflation, all while they continue to get richer and richer while you are funding their wealth. And they get free passes because of their wealth, their attorney, or their contacts, all while we, the common citizen, foots their bill. You read of corruption in the governmental level in every single Western society country. It runs amok, and it's constant, a steady stream, and it doesn't matter which country you're talking about. Micah 7.5 tells us of unfaithful friendships. It's, he, Micah states, put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. The person who is a friend is one who will stick closer than a brother and will not bail out on you when times get tough. But sometimes, tough times make people turn on their friends. Cynicism in Western societies has never been higher. People are more skeptical these days than ever because they have gotten burned by someone who they thought was their friend. But their friend was not a true friend at all, but only a friend as long as it was to their advantage. This is normal in our world today. Everyone looks out for themselves, and it's a me-first society. 
it has become, what can you do for me? In the minute somebody cannot do for you, the society discards that individual. In Micah 7, 6, we see another big issue that is happening throughout our Western societies. The problem of not honoring parents. Micah states, for the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies are the men of his own house. It's Micah chapter 7, verse 6. The Bible indicates that whoever honors his or her parents may live a longer life in Exodus 20, 12. But what we are seeing in these days of a declining national morality is the declining of honoring one's own parents. We are instructed to honor our parents by the Apostle Paul in both the books of Ephesians and Colossians. And that means when we are at home and when we are adults. But this does not seem to be the case today, at least in the overwhelming majority of circumstances. I've been in stores where I have seen children yelling at their parents because their parent made the statement, I can't afford to buy that today. And inevitably, the parent puts away something they need and gives in to the demand of the child. Today, we have secular school systems promoting parental disrespect and attempting to undercut parents' authority over their child. It is now parents pitted against their children with the child insulting parents. This creates tolerance for children to be disobeying parents and thus members of a household have now become their own enemies. The abuse of elderly parents, the taking advantage of parents through intimidation and public and private disrespect is at an all-time high today. And it's all being promoted by government authorities. School boards today are trying to undermine parental authority by not notifying parents of life-changing decisions that they are brainwashing children to make. The only way to stop this decline and turn this around is for people to look to the Lord before it is too late. It is the changing of morality and society that creates the generation gap. And that is a huge problem. The end result of all of these things is that God gives them up. Listen to what Paul says about those who reject the truth in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became 
futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. What happened after their hearts became darkened? Paul goes on and states, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. For this reason, he says in verse 26, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, and malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, and disobedient to parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. I want you to focus for a few moments on some of these behaviors that are the end result of all of this. Because they did not like to honor God and give him thanks. They did not want to retain God in their thinking. God gave them over to what it is that they desired. And what is it that happened? Dishonorable passions. Woman exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Yes, that's probably dealing with the idea of homosexuality and bestiality. Men likewise gave up natural relations with women and are consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men. Now, I want you to understand, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Roman church here, and he is condemning homosexuality. Homosexuality is a dishonorable passion. Homosexuality is dishonoring your body. Homosexuality is a foolish heart that has been darkened committing these acts. God cannot honor this. God cannot allow us to continue this way. What he will do is he will allow our own behavior and conduct to ultimately be what condemns us and judges us. And we 
will reap the consequences of these actions. As we in a society promote more and more feminine men, women will rue the day when they have no real man to make as a husband. What happens when the Western world really has to fight for its existence? Are we going to trust a bunch of feminine, wimpy, disobedient, faithless, and inventors of evil and ruthless people to defend us? These last few verses, verses 26 through 31 of Romans 1, sound like they came right off the script of a television sitcom. Have you ever noticed today how many TV shows are pushing the gay agenda by having every single show seemingly have a homosexual relationship in it? Did you notice also how many times God says he gave them up? He did this three times. There is a point in which God gives people up to their own unrighteousness. And when he does that, it creates an ever downward spiral into a societal collapse. It has done it in every society. Historians agree Rome collapsed from within before it collapsed from without. And the same was true of ancient Greece. In conclusion, we can say the same thing that happened to the Jewish nation is happening around the world. And after a society becomes so debased, a societal collapse is inevitable. As long as we, as a society, continue to promote behavior and conduct contrary to godliness, the end of our societies is assured. Good day, and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast. Thank you.